Welcome everybody to the Outside Edge, a podcast about all things water sports and extreme athletes. This episode is brought to you by Pull Water Sports, pullwatersports.com, or on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram at just Pull Water Sports. Every great day begins with a pull. I'm your host, Dave Briscoe. I'm going to mix it up this week and introduce my co-host first. My co-host, Shannon Best. What's going on, Bestie? Ah, you know, I'm just sitting here um, wondering, just uh, wondering, you know, things about the universe and yeah? how big mm-hmm. how big uh, Mike Lee's fingers are. <laughs> he does have big <laughs> fingers. How, how's poker going? Horrible. What Absolutely happened? horrible. Yeah, what? I got beat up last night. Absolutely oh, no. just got torn off on the table. Oh, no. What, what happened? Yeah. Nothing. Just raising big. Ace King, raise big. Guys are calling me. I flop trip kings. And still got they rivet a flush on me. Just um, oh. yeah, I just want to go. Were you all in? No, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> so sad. Just a tip, just a tip. The universe, but, uh, the universe was not on your side. Oh, the poker gods hate me. I don't know why. Uh. I I give them. I sacrifice so much to them too. <laughs> well, let me introduce my producer, Mikey Lee. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Oh man, What's I up, Mike? I'm also a big fan of playing poker. I love yeah. playing poker. Yeah. I uh, I've had so many bad beats like that. It really? happens to the best of us. Yeah. yeah, it really does. That's a uh, bummer. It sucks, man. Uh, you can uh, you just and you want to lay into those people and go, why in the bleep 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 <laughs> are you calling me with a freaking draw? And oh god, it's just it's so angry. So I know exactly where you're at, Bestie. That's a bummer. oh no, I lay into them. Oh, you do lay into them. <laughs> oh, fucking I do. You let them have it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> why? Why not? That's I mean, you know, as long as as I keep an eye on the dealer, and as long, when the dealer starts to squirm in his seat, that's when I'm like, I'll back off a little bit, but I'll <laughs> I'll push I'll push the limit to because if I can needle them into and if I can get them on tilt, then I'm I'm way happier. Yeah, absolutely. S- Speaking uh, of yeah, pushing get- the limit, how's Buster doing? Uh, he's doing good. Um, he, 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 so you know, I have to dig the poo out every. So once this while. is Buster. If, for those of you that don't know. Buster is Mike's little dog, and he, he's an old dog. Yeah. And he's got a, what is it, official? It's called a perennial hernia. He's got a perennial perennial hernia. Yeah, basically what happened was is uh, he's a full-blood shih tzu. And, uh, and so, no yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Hey, how you doing on it? Uh, <laughs> but, but he's, uh, he, he, I thought I was going to get him bred, so I never did neuter him. Okay. So when you don't neuter small dogs, their prostate blows up like a friggin' basketball, uh. and so it started pushing everything out his rear end. So uh, are you I'm, are you milking his anal gland? Uh, don't they have to do that to small dogs? Is, is that what you're doing? No, yeah. no. So I'm not milking it. No. What happens is so it started out with the the uh, <laughs> the prostate was sticking out, and and listen to this, Dave. Here I'm gonna get into really good detail okay. here, okay? So yeah. that you can fully understand and respect what I have to do. Okay. Uh, but the prostate pushes out right by the tail where the tail and the anus kind of meet right there, right? Okay. So it pushed his little butthole, his little bh, his little dbh, his doggy butthole. Over what, to the one, <laughs> one second. I'm not in the studio. Are you actually holding up Buster and doing a show and tell as you're doing this? Or no, he's no, just no. giving full visual. Oh, yeah, just, it's full visual. He's hiding behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> 
all that stuff. But it pushed his little DBH over to the right. So uh, so the doctor said, you know, put him on a high fiber and, and wet dog food only. So whenever I did that, it came out like chocolate soft serve. It was not good. <laughs> like like but, a Play-Doh machine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing was is that since his little BH was over pointed like out to his left, it was literally pointed to his left now instead of directly behind him. So when he would go poo, it would come out to the left and it would like he was pooping to the side of himself and he would scare himself because he would see it. Oh, my. Yeah, he would see oh, it and man. go, oh, God. He was like somebody else is pooping here at the same time. And so he would like scooch like he would scooch right. And so he would leave like a little treasure trail of poo uh, whenever he would go. So it anyway, must, it must be confusing for the traffic behind him. You know, cause <laughs> he's, he's, he might be making a right turn, but they're all thinking, no, he's, he's indicating left. Yeah. He's going to the left. <laughs> It's true. Uh, so, oh, so I used to have to wipe my dog's ass. That's as bad as it was. Uh, I would just have to wipe it because it was so gooey that it would just stick to his fur. You know, he's a Shih Tzu or whatever. Uh, and I was an ass wiper for a long time. But wow. then it developed so bad now that whenever he tries to go poo, it gets caught. Like now his colon is coming through the hernia. Uh, so it gets caught in there and he can't push it out. Uh, and it just hardens into this like little poop knot. I call it his poop knot. Uh, and occasionally, now every time he goes to the bathroom, I have to hold his right butt cheek and push that in and aim it towards his butthole. Oh, wow. So that he can go. That's love. Yeah. Oh, man. I love the little bastard, but it, <laughs> trust me, I hate having to do this. But I have to hold it in and push it in and aim it towards his butthole so he can go. And sometimes it just doesn't work or he won't let me. And if it gets caught in there bad, that's when I got to glove up and lube up. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is a hell of an intro to our guest. This is, you know, this is Sorry. perfect. I know. We've left Lucky sitting over there in the corner for like, he's just sitting here going, these guys are just, easy just sitting around talking Why shit. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what happens to when you get hip replacements? <laughs> because you sit on the toilet crooked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Much less when you're standing to just to urinate. Yeah. You've got to stand on one foot sometimes because the other hip hurts so bad so then no matter how much you drop drip drop whatever yeah. there's always going to be one drop to go on your foot oh. <laughs> or in your underwear yeah that's yeah. why we spread our feet when we stand there <laughs> just in case <laughs> for those of you, i didn't even introduce him yet. Know, right? just, hall of famer lucky low back on the show <laughs> so is this from experience oh lucky God. you have had a hips replaced both right? of them both hips yeah so you've had to deal with this yeah. Oh, my God. You had both hips replaced? Yes. You're like a bionic man. Uh, not yet. So <laughs> The knees are coming next, I believe, and I have one shoulder done a little bit. Did you have a full hip uh, replacement where they have to cut off the top of your bone and put a yeah. metal metal hip Both of them. Wow. Holy moly. Two different companies. Never to get two different company's hips so you've got like, the same hip in each leg yeah that makes smarter. sense what so you got yeah. a ford truck with a chevy motor that's yeah. right <laughs> wow. wow so and you just get back from a hunting trip right you yeah talk about that where'd you go went to alabama deer hunting yep got one eight point they're starting something they call the rut okay and that's yep. where the boy deers go out and chase the girl deers right are you are you bow hunting or are you shooting 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 my show I, I used to bow hunt but i can't now because of my shoulder yeah i can't, can't pull, pull it back they say get a crossbow but still the gun hunting up in alabama you can shoot like a buck a day and a, a deer a day yeah so the 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 laws are like everybody can kill something but then after so long people want to get bigger horns on the wall right so they just shoot 
the biggest horns. The booners. And, yeah, and I'm, I've been sitting there for a long time. I can't find one bigger than what I shot. Right, so, right. But it's still fun to go and a yeah. good time to relax. It's complete opposite of skiing, that's for sure. You're right, but yeah, exactly. And you're still running your school, right? Your school's your full-time gig. Ski school's it. Yep. I now, got a couple national champions. I got a lot of people that open ski that are just lake skiers like where you live some of yeah. those guys that get up every morning and ski by they just want to open water ski yeah and lucky is one of the best coaches ever in slalom i remember watching you i think it was uh 35 off pass and you let go with the opposite hand and touch <laughs> the ball every time you went around and that was pretty impressive but yeah and your son's competing now too right yep he's competing a little bit he's working on school right now more than anything so yeah but he'll he'll be skiing. How old is he now? Twenty one. Twenty one. Yep. What's he doing? What's his best event? Best event probably slalom. Okay. What's he getting into? Thirty five, thirty eight off. Yeah. Yep. And he's uh he hasn't stayed with it every day like a lot of people would have to. Right. And uh I probably have thought about it and it probably came out right because there's not a pro tour right now. Yeah. So we yeah, he, there's tens and tens and tens of dollars to be made in slalom skiing these days. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, right. So, otherwise, he didn't wakeboard ever. No, he never, never got on did, it. Never did. Jump, jumped around a little bit, and that was it. He yeah. likes to jump. Does he barefoot? No. Uh, so you can barefoot. still beat him in barefooting. Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's kind of scary just to barefoot though. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's scary. Yeah, I know. I I got asked to do the. Um, the barefoot they do feet on fire every year and uh it, you have to have been a pro wakeboarder or, or I, I maybe skier too because they had a few skiers there last year and it's just two guys step off and go around circle to one falls uh-huh. and they do it every year in like march so i think i'm gonna do it this year but uh I, well I maybe you can go against me so you can yeah. win <laughs> that's a good idea we'll <laughs> what else are you into besides hunting uh well my wife your wife yep yeah. i'm really proud to have her yeah jennifer you know? yep and she's really good looking too so that makes a, not a big too, difference yeah, for it's me a big deal yeah <laughs> not one of the fat girls in the boat uh, definitely not definitely not <laughs> and then um i believe i i like to just overall take care of my ski place and yeah and i'm into having a good place to ski still even though i'm not a world champion anymore to go compete i still every day think that to have all the slalom courses in the jump to be just perfect so yep. you know at my ski school a lot of people go for instructions and this that and another i really see that if you want to be a world champion skier that it would be a place to come train for sure because it was set up for that in the very beginning yeah That's you've got not, a perfect site it's in a hole a little bit like it's, it's almost is that a sinkhole originally do you think or is it just I nearly think it there? was a natural lake it's a natural lake but it's really protected on the shorelines and how many courses do you have on i there? have five five situations let's say wow in other words when you go to a man-made lake and ski every day in the same man-made lake when we did that when they first started for let's say to make sure it was good conditions every day yeah if you didn't go to other man-made lakes then when you go to one it would feel so different where if you ski on a open lake right any man-made lake feels better when you go to it got it so, yeah so then that's where i even suggest to some of the people that come and 
live and compete yep that you know when you go to a tournament that's when you should feel your happiest because it's going to be the perfect boat driver and the perfect boat and the yep. perfect buoys everything's perfect there so you know have fun when you go to a tournament and realize that don't go there all stressed out about how you're going to do think yep. about how good you're going to do right because you made your training harder than the tournament's going to be more or less yeah yeah yep. i tried to do the same thing with my wakeboard students over all those years is Made them ride in crap water, you know, mm -hmm. headwind, tailwind, and crosswind, and everything you could because you're right. You go to some of these tournaments and they're perfect. And sometimes, if you're trying to pay your bills, if they don't ski, they don't want to pay. Right. So you can convince them, especially if we go out first yeah. and do it. Yeah. And then to, to ski with people is the most fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Just to sit in a boat and coach with your pants on, that's not the best. The best <laughs> when you go out there and ski with them. Right. Do you still get out there? Oh, yeah. Do you? Really? Yeah. Even with the double hips? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hips are probably better, probably stronger than they've ever been. No, right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I think some of the jump crashers was talking about some, some headers and stuff. Yeah. I was telling someone the other day, I said, now, look, you got to watch the buoy with one eye and then look the other way with the other eye so you can get better angle, you know? <laughs> you got to go two places at the same time. They said, how in the world you do that? <laughs> I said, must have been from the crashes. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes are a little bit looser these days, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. Wow. Bessie, what do you got over there? You still awake? I, yeah, I am. I'm just actually looking at these jump records. We were talking last episode, and I was just trying to verify the uh, – I'm not I'm not questioning Mike's uh, Google uh, well, expertise here, but uh, no, I was just looking. I was just making sure that it was the regular six-foot jump because that's a – man – 254 feet off a regular six foot jump that's just massive yeah that's insanity i, I yeah i didn't know anybody I, I had gone that how far they... i remember when it was 226 for a while and, and hey uh, hazelwood held 203 for probably like 10 years but then it went 225 i think ellis or llewellyn's went booted one out that far sammy jumped 222 was Sammy yeah. 22? Yeah. Sammy said, Yeah, Sammy did jump. the big one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because he still says that he's the best jumper in the world. Does he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> For he sure. Was, he was pretty good. Yeah. But his good. average jumping is, is still higher than most everyone's now. I heard a rumor, I think this was true too, that the first time tips of jump skis got wider was Jeff Carrington used to bring cardboard and duct tape. And he would tape the yeah. tips of the skis. And your dad was like, you can't bring that shit out here. He was like, why not, mate? And he'd go out and have the wide tips. Was that right? It seemed like that was some event. I can't remember where, but it was. It started that way. I believe he started working for O'Brien after that. Right. Did you ever jump the longboards? The long No. 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 74s were my longest. And what are they now? Like, what's a typical? 91 or 92? Yeah, I was about to say they're in the 90s, mate. Yeah. Wow. And so well, Jared and and um, and um, Freddie and Ryan Dodd are all under five ten. Yeah, and how long so are their skis? I don't think their skis maybe are the ninety pluses. Right, they are just close to ninety. We don't really ever get to measure them. Yeah, There's, and that's giving lift, right? So for a headwind, if you're jumping in a headwind, the bigger ski is going to give you more lift in the air. To carry you further is that accurate yeah 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 that's the plan right you can feel it can't oh, I, oh you see people flare all yeah. the time the ones that don't go as far the you can see when they come off the ramp their skis are kind of the tips are up the skis aren't level right and then the guys that really go a long ways when they come off their skis are just slightly 
angle more flatter to where if you pushed up yeah you know there's air pushing up then you fly farther on a solid plane right as as far as for going up and then dropping back down instead of having them flared it would be like a break yeah the, a wind break yeah exactly yeah yeah and speed suits did you ever wear a speed suit never wore a speed suit it was. So that's probably the difference. You said that 195, it was tough to get to 200, but all of a sudden you lengthen the skis, you put a speed suit on, you make yourself aerodynamic. Yeah. I barely even wore a jumpsuit. I always wore a life jacket, extra wetsuit, double knee braces. I was going to crash. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he was I, and then I was the last guy to use a helmet. Really? Yeah. And the helmet never stopped your head from banging when you hit the water. No, it wouldn't. It would be still, it. even wakeboarding, it didn't matter if you had a helmet on. You hit that water, it yeah. rings your bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a sudden impact. That helmet yeah. ain't stopping that. When you tried to teach me how to wakeboard, uh, that's why I won't do it anymore is because it happened twice. <laughs> but uh, I don't, And I don't understand it either because I did. I, I, I uh, Snow ski, my ass off. I, I picked it up in five days. I was going down the Black Diamonds. I love snow skiing. I could do that no problem. That's uh, called gravity. I, I, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, roller skated, so I was like, oh, wakeboarding will be easy. Easy. I mean, I used to ride a skateboard. This will be great. I get the underst- I understand the dynamics of it. You don't want to put the front edge in the water or else yeah. you're going down. Uh, but for some reason, I just couldn't pick it up. And whenever I hit that toe edge and slammed into the water like <laughs> you're talking about, <laughs> it rang my bell so hard. I'm, I'm sure that I was concussed. There's no <laughs> way I wasn't concussed. Yeah. My head hurt so bad the rest of the day. Uh, and that happened twice. And I said, screw it. I ain't wakeboarding anymore. That's, I'm, I'm done with that one. Pussy. I know, pussy. <laughs> Take I your know. balls out yeah, of your now you Now you want me to go do this disking thing, and I'm like, yeah, you want to put fucking grape ape on a disc and see what <laughs> see what it looks like. No, it ain't happening. Speaking of disking, I put a video of Lucky up on the website, disking. Oh, that disking's fun. Isn't it fun? Yeah. When, I, when I've been hurt and come back from, from a rehabilitation, sometimes I just want to get on the water so bad. Yeah. What was the safest thing to do? You yeah. Know? And a disc would always be. So I even rode a paddleboard one day. Did you just held on to it because you just go slow? Yeah, yeah. But just to get back on the water, it was. It just always feels good. I brought my disc back home from my summer camp. It's at my house now, and I'm putting a lot of kids on it. It's 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 easy. A wooden you know? one. Yeah, it's wooden, old wooden yeah. one with the star on it. I think my grandfather bought it. Yeah, it's like six it. foot wide though. It's like it's a huge disc. Oh, it's not that big. It's it's four foot. It's because it's just a sheet of plywood that they just, you know, made a circle and cut it. It's so, still big. It's still big. huge. Yeah. Well, Australia, way different. You guys had bindings on your discs. Didn't you guys used to ride a disc on the cable? That's a, yeah. Well, actually, a lot of the first couple of, actually, uh, I think the first Indian lines and all that were all done um, on a disc. Yeah. And then there was a bunch of guys that would like, they were like hardcore discus, and they were like bindings, the whole deal, like high speed as well. What were they uh, doing? Super high speed. What were they doing with the bindings on? Were they flipping? No, just, just, just cutting. Like crazy turn, just like crazy speed and crazy turns. Really? I mean, they, they, were, they were riding on like maybe an inch. There was like maybe an inch of the, the board in the water. Like, oh, on know, a whip a, turn. A whip turns. Another. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah! Actually, I shot. I shot a. Um, I shot a commercial. I shot an entire commercial for a Mexican soft drink. Com- uh, Mexican soft drink company uh, uh, called Garci Crespo, um, and most of it was shot. I did some wakeboarding in the commercial, but most of it was disking. Really? They they took this disc and just painted like the bottom of like the the soda can. So they shot the whole thing. Yeah, I was doing Indian line, doing oh, doing a whole funny. bunch of different stuff. So you on could it, yeah. you could jump up and get air on it. 
Yeah, like a, well, like a... I was using the short. I was using the short rope. Yeah. The... So uh-huh. I would just come into the corner, just keep going straight, and it'd rip me thirty feet in the air. So on a yeah. disc. Yeah, on a disc. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I just watched the disc out there uh, on the YouTube real fast, just so I could see what it is. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that either. Oh, we, oh, you are gonna do it. You, you are absolutely gonna do it. No. We're gonna uh, video you doing it, and no. we are gonna put it on the podcast. Yeah, it was a terrible it's gonna idea. Put our numbers through the roof. <laughs> wait, wait till you see this fat bastard on a paper plate in the middle. Of it. <laughs> wow. So, how do people find your school, Lucky? luckylow.com that's it that's pretty simple yep nice how many uh do you house people as well yep got a got some little places there yeah where where is your ski school again i'm sorry lake alfred florida oh right on right right up the street from you yeah Yeah. absolutely um You ever head over there to Gary's Oyster Bar? I ate there last night. I love oh, it, man. Yeah, it was That's good. great, man. All right. Well, I'm going to have to come and hang out with you more often. Yeah. Then. Check out the ski school. If you teach me, maybe. This guy can't teach worth hell. Oh, wow. I, that hurt. <laughs> just, that hurt. I, I'm kidding. You're one of the greatest teachers, but <laughs> I did almost kill myself. Uh, <laughs> we'll send you over to Lucky's. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll go disking at Lucky's. That's there you go. Do. Yeah. Well, he probably uh, needs to learn to ski. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah probably, I, probably would be a bad idea. He'd probably do that first time. Yeah. 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 Uh, gracious. Yeah, so. I'm in. Whatever, man. As long as we go to Gary's Oyster Bar afterwards, I'm good. Oh yeah, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Rock, Rocky Mountain oysters. Uh, yeah, oh. if you want them. What are right? Yeah, that's what is a Rocky Mountain oyster? Isn't it it's, like uh, a sheep balls? I think sheep or cow ball? balls. Yeah. Oh yeah, Rocky Mountain horrible. oyster. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know calf calf fries. I think is what they're called. Yeah, they have a uh, annual calf fry eating competition in Oklahoma. Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the record's something in the area of like two hundred or something like that. Somebody sat there and just munched on some balls. For- <laughs> <laughs> so in Japan, where there's this little barbecue thing, little table in the middle. Yeah middle that everybody sits around yep. and they bring out this big plate of meat all kinds of cow or bull whatever it is yeah i pick the nicest looking meat yeah okay put it on there i'd turn my head for a minute and someone would grab it you know chopstick it grab okay. it grab it and i kept trying to get it cooked just right well then i finally got a piece and i chewed it and i chewed it <laughs> and i chewed it and I kept chewing it. I never could chew it up. So I kind of spit it out. Yeah. So I went and tried another piece. Make a long story short. That was the bull's penis. Oh, <laughs> man. So you've eaten. And I kept asking him. I kept asking him. I, I, I was thinking, how you chew it? How you chew it? You know? And it, the it tastes familiar, but how do you oh, chew God, it? Oh, Oh, Japanese guys say you don't chew it, you suck it. I, I thought it was how how much I was oh cooking it, everything. I ended up having a little pocket full. Of the time I went back to the room, I pulled them all out of my pocket, and I thought, Phew, I'm glad I didn't have to eat all that. That was terrible. It was big too. Oh, wow. It was big too. Was big too. And, and, and for the next next seven days, this bull followed him around Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't leave him alone. That's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> well, Jeff Carrington ate an eyeball somewhere. He ended up oh. getting sick. He's an Australian. Yeah, he was a jumper. Uh, poor Jeff. Yeah. When he, yeah, Jeff Carrington was a guy that was doing a stunt uh-huh. for. It was kind of like a That's Incredible of Australia, and he it was in my hometown. Was, was it in your hometown? Yeah. Oh. Actually, he did it. 
he did it the month I started. So it was sort of I was at the cable park and do you know the story? Everybody was talking about it. Yeah. Um, I I remember I actually pulled pin for Jeff in um, at the Masters once, and he looked at me and he says, "No matter no matter what, mate, don't pull that fucking pin." (laughs) And I went, "What?" So trick in a trick ski second pass, usually you do a toe Uh pass where you have a bear claw. Uh, binding bear trap, yeah. bear trap by uh, that locks around your foot. Okay, so if you fall, the person in the boat's got to release the rope. So uh-huh. I'm, I, and you have you can't compete without a trick puller. Okay, and he didn't have anybody to pull pins, so he asked me to do it. And he goes, no matter what, don't pull that pin. So he falls and he falls on his face, and I'm like, oh my, like my eyes, hands are going white, getting ready to yank this pin. Yeah, <laughs> and he flops onto his back. And bounces and got back up on the ski. Wow. It was unbelievable. Like Jeff Carrington was amazing. Oh, yeah. And he unfortunately did a stunt where he crashed uh, into a dock. Oof. He had to clear. It was a 100-foot jump. And there was an explosion that was supposed to go off. And the boat was going to crash as he jumped. Uh-huh. And he, all he had to go was 100 feet. He was a 200-foot jumper. It wasn't a, that big of a jump. Yeah. Well, the explosion went off early, and the guy backed off the throttle. This is the story that I've heard. I mm-hmm. think it's accurate. Sounds good. Well, he did yeah. it. Well, this is this is what I heard. He did it. He did it a couple of times in practice, but they were using a one of the ski boats. Yeah. Um, and he cleared it. Everything was all good. And then they went and did it in the stunt boat, which was then it went from a inboard, you know, center mounted pole right. to a back mounted pole outboard yeah like 85 horse outboard yeah yeah so then they then that was the boat and then i heard the explosion went off early yep so he took the explosion and the boat just didn't have the power to pull him over so he tried to dive because when he knew he wasn't going to make it off the ramp he tried to dive Uh and he went head first into the concrete dock Oh, and yeah. it, it didn't kill him. It, uh, it but didn't. No, but it's um, it, that's how tough this guy was. Yeah, yeah, and amazing. And he did survive it, but it left him, you know, messed up pretty pre- bad. Pre- yeah. pre- pretty bad. Oh, that sucks, yeah. man. Yeah, that sucks. But amazing dude. I mean, Jeff Carrington was. Uh, what are some of the d- stories like back? He was one of the craziest ones. We asked you last episode who was crazy. Jeff was funny. Yeah. What do you remember about him on tour? Bundy. The Bundy, Bundy, yeah, yeah. No, we would we would just always have a good time. He worked around the tour as well. Sometimes he'd travel along and put site up, site setups. Yeah. So he was always part of everything and just a good guy. Yeah. To talk to anytime, always positive attitude. Right. And then he like more than anything a super skier to train with. I mean, yeah. he just went balls out all the time. Did you train with him much? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. those guys, they were some of my best friends. Yeah, and Carl, we had Carl on. Oh, this is what I want to ask you. So Carl Burge had these stories of some of the famous people that he's met over the years. And he, and one of them, he had... Um, uh, uh, Joe from, Perry. Joe Perry from Aerosmith. Actually was a fan of his and found him and sent him a postcard. And he ended up going to some Aerosmith concerts and stuff like that. And then he also met uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and taught his family how to ski. Did you ever have any of that? Did you have any... Famous people that you ran across over your time? Well, it seemed like in 73 or something, there was a movie called Stay Hungry. Okay. And it was Arnold Schwarzenegger skiing. Oh, no kidding. And he didn't ski. And okay. I, I was doubled as that at that time. Oh, you were a stunt double? As just a skier, yeah. And that was on the Warrior River 
I was in high school, probably 1974, 75. So you got to meet him. And oh, yeah. Sally Fields, Jeff Bridges. Oh, you got to meet Sally wow. Fields? Yeah. Jeff Bridges, man. I love that guy. Yeah. What, what, what were those stories? Um, Sally Fields. She was I, so hot. They were big stories to me because I'd never been around stuff like that. Yeah. And there was things going on that I would just hear about that. I don't even know how to talk about them, but yeah, being, being around the movie business like that, yeah, what Sally and Jeff was doing and why they didn't show up, and then what the directors would act like, and it's kind of it was kind of like what you saw on TV if some show was being on about a movie or something, right? Making movies and that all these people were doing things, yeah, here and there. Well, they were doing all that stuff when I was young. That was big stuff. Well, this was the spot. I mean, before Disney, Winter Haven and Lake Alfred was the hub spot mm -hmm. for tourism and people coming in, movie stars and stuff. Didn't Burt Reynolds live in Winter Haven at one point? He sure did, up yeah. off Lake Lulu. Yeah, uh, yeah. Burt Reynolds lived in Winter Haven. His mustache lived in Lakeland. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? There it is. No good? No, thank you. <laughs> wow, did you ever run into Burt? Never ran into Never Bert. ran into him? Yeah. I was trying to think of some of the people back. I, for, for, I really don't always remember everything. Well, you remember, I remember at Lake Roy, oh. the hotel there, uh, the original owners had all these photos of the famous people that had come through Winter Haven. And it was amazing. Like when Dick Pope owned the gardens, he would bring in uh. Elvis and it'd bring in. Well, remember Pete Bonifay barefooted on the Johnny Carson show. <laughs> And Johnny Carson was on a dock or a side of a boat or something. Well, he was he was a water skier himself. Johnny he Carson love, was. Yeah, he used to love coming out and uh, water skiing in uh, in at Cypress. Right. Well, Willie Nelson called and asked to go alligator hunting with me one time. Did he? Did really? you take him? Yeah, I met him on a boat up in Tennessee at one of the pro tournaments. We was at. They did a riverboat cruise. Yeah, and he was on it. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I was leaving and didn't get to do it. Oh, no. And then... Um, Robert, Man, I would love to smoke a joint with Willie Nelson. That's on my bucket list. I didn't get to. That would oh, be great. Oh, man. That would have been the like coolest thing ever. You'd get to meet the guy and... Yeah, smoking out on the boat. Uh, be awesome. That, smoking that, out on the boat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That ought to be a song. Smoking <laughs> out on the boat. I'll write it. We'll have that <laughs> on the next episode. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Right I, I personally, I personally love to uh, crack a beer with a Dalai Lama, but you know, you guys, you guys smoke your weed with those, you know, hippies. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about the time the Dalai Lama went to the pizza place? No. Yeah, he went up to the counter and said, "Make me one with everything." Oh, but <laughs> I'm done. Wow, that's good. You, you gonna keep going? <laughs> okay, I'll laugh. I'll laugh just to shut you up. <laughs> right on. Well. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I think have have we got everything out of Lucky that we need? I think so, Lucky. Man, uh, thank you very much for coming up. I, it was really nice to meet you and uh, hang out with you and have you in our, our home studio. Thanks. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm having fun. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If we don't get everything out of uh, our guests, we're just going to have to pull the buster on them, and we'll get everything out of them then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can ship us up a bottle of Bundy to, yeah, yeah. to loosen things up. <laughs> Absolutely. That oh, sounds man. good. Oh, uh, man. Bestie, got, bestie went yeah. out again. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this episode. And I want to thank you guys so much again for helping make this podcast what it is. Uh, keep sharing us. Keep sharing us on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, like us. Write a review would be great. 
it, it's building fast. It's growing fast. So uh, let's keep her going. And uh, make sure you check us out on Patreon. Here's something really, really important. Uh, if you are subscribed on uh, Spotify or iTunes, wherever it is, uh, make sure you give us a review and give us a five-star rating. If you enjoy the show, give us a five-star rating. If you don't enjoy the show, give us a five-star rating. <laughs> right. Either way, yeah, <laughs> give us a five-star rating. It actually helps out a lot more than people think. Uh, so, yeah, please, it's really important to give us a review. Give us those five stars. This episode was brought to you by Pool Water Sports. Pool Water Sports, a full-service pro shop dedicated to getting friends and family together. Carry the best brands, Ronix, Radar, Liquid Force, Connolly, O'Neill, Rusty, Phase 5, and more and more and more. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Pull Water Sports or their website, PullWaterSports.com. You and every day starts with, Mike? Every great day. Starts with the pool. Starts with the pool. That's right. It always does. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks again for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next time on The Outside Edge. <laughs>